0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 320 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading the fourth chapter of 1 Thessalonians today, and our focus is on in what order will the end times and second coming events unfold? Also, what is God's exact will for my life now? Oh, and who was the first Avenger? So that's a lot of things to talk about. We need to jump right in. But I do want to welcome some new listeners from Victoria, Australia, Laguna, Philippines, parts unknown Norway and Italy, Ontario, Canada, Maharashtra, India, Andalusia, Spain, San Jose, California, Sacramento, California, Los Angeles, California, Monterey, California. That's a lot of California this week. Houston, Texas, Washington, D.C., Mobile, Alabama, Boston, Massachusetts, Waco, Texas, Portland, Oregon, and Bowling Green, Kentucky. As we say often, our goal is to get you involved in listening to the word daily, thinking about it daily, understanding it daily, and following it daily. We do have a webpage. It is Bible2021.com. That's Bible2021.com. Today we are focused in on a big last days question, but let's tackle another big question that all of us have wondered about first, one time or another. What is God's will right now for my life? And friends, I've got some good news for you, because I am going to tell you the answer to that question beyond any sort of shadow of a doubt, and I guarantee, I don't do this often, but I 100% guarantee, or your money back, that you are just about to hear God's indisputable will for your life. Are you ready? Maybe you should sit down or something. This is like a big, important moment. It's honestly not every day that you get such certainty that you are just about to hear the indubitable will of God for your life, but you've come to the right place for it. Take a breath, listen up. Here it is, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. For this is God's will, your sanctification, that you keep away from sexual immorality, that each of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor. And again, I guarantee that is God's will for my life and your life right now. Now, hey, I sense some of you might be a little disappointed or maybe a lot challenged with this, but look, it's right there in black and white, God's will for our life. And if you're anything like me, very often we spend lots of time trying to discern God's will for our lives in areas where he's honestly given us quite a bit of liberty. You know, what school to go to, what meal to eat, what restaurant to go to, what job to take, who to marry, etc. The Bible never commands us or gives us a way to find out the answer to all those questions. We just trust God leads our lives and he gives us the freedom or the liberty to choose. But but very often we don't pay enough attention to God's great and universal will for our lives. Things like we find in this passage where he calls us to sanctification and away from sexual immorality. And I find the follow-up to that command rather chilling. uh, Because this is one of those commands where God promises to powerfully... Oppose those who are outside of his will in this matter. Picking up in verse 5, Paul says, Not with lustful passions like the Gentiles who don't know God. This means one must not transgress against and take advantage of a brother or sister in this manner. Because the Lord is an avenger of all of these offenses, as we also previously told and warned you, For God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. So those who are cheating with somebody else's spouse or those who are sexually abusing somebody or taking advantage of somebody sexually, you must repent completely and Utterly repent, because the Lord himself is an avenger of all such things. He takes such events very, very seriously. And I doubt you or I would want to find ourselves in opposition to the real first avenger. Second topic, how will the end times and return of Jesus unfold? Well, Paul gives us quite an explanation and outline in First Thessalonians 4. So let's go ahead and read it, and then we're going to get a good explanation of what we read from Pastor Charles Simeon. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Additionally then, brothers and sisters, we ask and encourage you in the Lord Jesus that as you have received instruction from us on how you should live and please God as you are doing, do this even more. For you know what commands we gave you through the Lord Jesus, for this is God's will, your sanctification, that you keep away from sexual immorality, that each of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passion like the Gentiles who don't know God. This means one must not transgress against and take advantage of a brother or sister in this manner, because the Lord is an avenger of all these offenses, as we also previously told and warned you. For God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. Consequently, Anyone who rejects this does not reject man, but God who gives you his Holy Spirit. About brotherly love, you don't need me to write you because you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. In fact, you are doing this toward all the brothers and sisters in the entire region of Macedonia. But we encourage you, brothers and sisters, to do this even more to seek to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, so that you may behave properly in the presence of outsiders and not be dependent on anyone. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in the same way through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For we say this to you by a word from the Lord. We who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are still alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Amen. Pastor Charles Simeon, was a man of godly wisdom who pastored in England in the Anglican church in the late 1700s and early 1800s. He wrote a wonderful commentary on the Bible called the Horae Homileticae. And in that work, he tells us this about 1st Thessalonians 4. Though this is perhaps a matter of curiosity rather than of any great practical importance, Paul would that the Thessalonians Christians should not be ignorant of it. And therefore it is not undeserving of our attention. The resurrection then will take place in this order. First, the dead will be raised from their graves. All that have ever departed out of the world will be restored to life, each clothed in his own proper body. The sea and the grave will yield up those who have long since been entombed in them, and they shall all live again upon the earth. The text, it speaks of the righteous holy who had fallen asleep in Christ, but in other passages we are informed that the ungodly also will hear the voice of the Son of God and in obedience to it will come forth from their graves. Irresistible will be the summons when the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God will sound. When Jesus came, In his state of humiliation, thousands withstood his voice, but none will when he will come in his own glory, and the glory of his Father with his holy angels, the great and mighty as well as the mean and insignificant, shall come forth alike, each reunited to his own body and each appearing in his own proper character. Next, those who remain alive upon the earth will be changed. Certainly those who are on the earth, still alive, will not be changed first, and it appears that they will remain unchanged while all who have ever died are restored to life. What a surprising sight will it be to behold such countless multitudes of the children of Adam bursting forth from their graves and standing up, an innumerable host in their incorruptible and glorified bodies. But this once affected the people who are then living upon the earth, will be changed in an instant, their mortal and corruptible bodies becoming at once and without any dissolution preparatory to it, incorruptible and immortal. This is the order which St. Paul has specified also in another epistle. First the trumpet, then the rising of the dead, and then the change of the living. Well, may the Apostle call it a mystery, but... As all will then be in that form which they will bear to all eternity, what an amazing difference will then appear in those who once perfectly resembled each other. The godly, how beautiful! The ungodly, how deformed! Both having either heaven or hell depicted in their very countenances. Amazing sight! How infinitely surpassing all human conception! Then they will all be together, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Yes, into the presence of their judge must they go. And as the earth would not be a theater sufficient for the occasion, they must meet the Lord in the air. Blessed, blessed summons to the godly, with what joy will they go forth to meet him, whom unseen they loved, and out of whose fullness they received all the grace that ever they possessed, their spirits being now made perfect, and their vile body fashioned like unto Christ's glorious body. On the other hand, With what reluctance are the ungodly dragged into his presence? How gladly would they hide themselves from him if it were possible? Thousands who were once the great and noble of the earth and who thought there was none above them to whom they owed allegiance will now curse the day that they were born and cry to the rocks and mountains to cover them from the face of their offended Lord. Having stated this, Paul declares, they shall ever be with the Lord. From him they will receive a sentence of Acquittal to his right hand they shall be called as a prelude to the honor he is about to confer upon them. The judgment finish he ascends with all his bright attendants to the heaven of heavens. The immediate. Residence of the deity and these his redeemed people now ascended together with him to behold his glory in all of its unclouded splendor and to participate his throne even as he participates in his father's throne. Oh, what fullness of joy do they now possess? How bright their vision of glory? How unbounded their fruition of his love? Nothing now could add to their happiness nor can anything now detract from it. That, too, which constitutes its chief ingredient is that they will be forever. Were this happiness to be only for a fixed period, however long, it would not be complete. The idea of its ultimate termination would take off half of its value, but it will be pure and endless as the deity himself. But how different the condition of the ungodly They will be told to depart from him, to depart accursed, to depart into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Alas, alas, what weeping, what wailing, what gnashing of teeth will they experience, and that also forever and ever. Unhappy creatures. Good were it for them that they had never been born. Amen. Well, friends, so it is that the events of the resurrection will unfold. One of the reasons why I appreciate Charles Simeon's writing so much, and I don't know if you could tell it because I didn't read any of the references, but his commentary is absolutely and utterly riddled with the Word of God, scriptures in pretty much almost every sentence. It's amazing. Well, let's close out our day today with our Bible memory verse for the month of November, which is John 14, verse 6, and it says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.